It's time for the Phenology Show. Phenology is the rhythmic biological nature of events as they relate to climate. Oh my, Heidi, look outside. Look at that beautiful pink sky. If you're in the Grand Rapids area, sun is just coming up and the sky is a beautiful pastel pink with a mixture of kind of a soft blue. It is absolutely gorgeous. Get outside and have a look around. Grab your cup of coffee and go dance on the porch for a few minutes. Be careful. It might be slippery. Mine was. A little bit of uh, moisture in the air last night. Put a little ice down on the deck and it made it kind of an interesting walk. But, yeah. So, for phenology for this week, a couple of interesting notes. I was talking to my good friend Greg Stevens and uh, he had heard a northern saw-wet owl. Last week, right at the end of the week, figured it was around the end of January, maybe last Tuesday or Monday, and uh, he heard not only a saw-wet owl, but he also heard the next night a great horned owl. And last night, I heard my first great horned owl call of the spring. Now, typically, the great horned owls should be on their nest right now. They should be sitting on eggs, and so I'm not sure what this was all about, whether it was just a, a kind of a checking in with home, a little call to the house to say, hey, mom, uh, just caught a rabbit. I'll be in in a minute or what the whole song and dance might have been about. But uh, good to hear some owls calling. We've had uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've had some concern. Uh, now, not all of us, I'm sure you probably didn't, but I did. I was a little concerned that uh, that we might that something might be amiss with the owls in spite of this really warm weather. They weren't doing a lot of chatting, at at least around my house. So good to hear that there are still some out there. And uh, last night was really a a joyous moment for me, standing outside and hearing the uh, owl call. I was like, oh, thank you. The great horned owls are still in the area. So good good thing for me. Bad for the rabbits. (laughs) A uh, couple other notes. I had a high on January 31st, 52 degrees, unusually warm for the 31st of January, I would say. And uh, that that has been the case for uh, for the whole month of January. I don't think it's going to be quite as warm as December in terms of degrees over average, but it is considerably warmer throughout the month than an average January would have been despite that week. And it was really only a week of, of cooler temperatures and they weren't all that cold. I had 18 below for a, my, for my coldest temperature so far. And if I recall correctly, tornado Bob told us uh, that that might be as cold as it gets this winter. So we'll see. Uh, we mentioned earlier that maple sap was flowing a little bit and I have a silver maple that grows over my deck and there was a small puddle on the deck and I stuck my finger in it and tasted it and there was a trace of sugar in it. The sugar maple or the silver maple doesn't have the sugar concentrations that a sugar maple does, but it does have some sugars and they were present in that in that puddle. So there was a probably a wound, a broken branch or some crack or something that was letting sap out of the tree and it was falling onto the deck and I was getting a chance to check it out and see that it in fact was sap moving. Uh, 
I talked to uh, a friend of mine who's a teacher over in Deer River, and he told me that one of the teachers in Deer River had given him a small jar of maple syrup that he had already brewed down, boiled down, this spring from sap that he had collected, if you can call January spring, um, sort of stretches the definition by what we normally use as standards here in northern Minnesota. But it has been uh, a very warm winter and a warm January, and uh, there is a bit of sap flowing. And we're gonna we're gonna dig into the sap flowing question a bit more. There's a a great deal of I won't say controversy, let's just say there are a lot of differing opinions about sap flowing this time of year and whether or not it uh, it bodes well or ill for the for the maple trees. We will uh, we'll get into a bit more of that when I get a chance to decipher some of the notes that I'm getting back from some of the plant physiologists that I know. And if you have an opinion and can back it up with a sound argument, I, I don't even care if they're facts. Just a good sound argument will do. Uh, send it along. I'd love to hear your take on maple sap and maple syruping, and especially the the maybe the effects of drought on on maples and what other years have brought in terms of uh, maple sap collection following winters of drought. Uh, so, if you have an opinion about that, send it along. J Latimer, J L A T I M E R at K A X E dot org, and you can also text the radio station at two one eight three two six one two three four. Let us know what's uh, what your opinion is on that subject. Uh, my friend Kyle Pearson told me that he heard. Uh, some hairy woodpeckers drumming actually saw hairy woodpeckers drumming on the trees outside of his house next to his bird feeder. Uh, I had an, an experience yesterday. I was uh, visiting friends and uh, there was a pair of downy woodpeckers in an ash and they were kind of on the same stem and then one flew to the to the corresponding stem right next, and they were like three feet apart, and they were kind of dancing around the tree. When they were on the same stem, they were on opposite sides and kind of hopping around the tree as they went, a bit like the stripes on a barber pole. Uh, they finally left that tree and flew down into a patch of balsams. And shortly after that, a third downy woodpecker came in and joined the fray. And I don't, I, I, I can only assume that of the first two, one was male and one was female. And if I had to guess about the third one coming into the party, it, my guess would be that it was a male attracted by maybe the drumming of the female, whatever. Uh, I suppose it could have been a second female. I don't know what the competition is like out there in the downy woodpecker world, but, uh, I'm just assuming that <clears throat> that it was two males chasing after the same female. This is the time of year when woodpeckers are doing this. They're setting up their territories. They're establishing pair bonds. They're getting ready to mate and, and begin to raise their families, which will happen probably in March or April. <clears throat> Interestingly, woodpeckers, because they're cavity nesters, their their little babies are not quiet at all when they're when mom is bringing food to the nest. They will 
practically scream from the nest hole that they want to be fed. And part of the reason for that is that they, they are so well protected that, you know, mom or dad or, or, uh, or even the babies themselves can pretty well defend themselves when, you know, you've, if you're a predator, if you're a squirrel, say, for example, coming in for a, a baby bird, you've got to breach that hole in the tree. You've got to stick your face in there and, and defend yourself. And, of course, if mama's home or papa's home, they're going to leave scars on your forehead for sure. And that would just be a lucky day if all you got was scars. I wouldn't be surprised by what they would uh, maybe finish a squirrel off if you look at a downy or a pileated or a hairy or a pileated. I would think that a couple of good blows from that beak into the face of a squirrel would be enough to discourage the squirrel forever. So baby woodpeckers are loud around their nests, and that may not be for a month or two, but if you're out in the woods and you hear them screaming from the nest, it's, uh, it's woodpeckers. Uh, baby blue jays, baby robins, baby just about all the other birds whose nests are out in the open and are just a nest in a tree are very quiet when they ask for food. They don't start begging until mom is really close to the nest. And then you've got to be close to the nest as well if you're going to hear it. So... All that activity is getting underway right now, and they're not alone. I was out uh, taking a hike the other day, and I heard a white-breasted nuthatch calling, ink, 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 and that's kind of their beginning spring song. And they they are getting into that sort of a call right now, and we will be hearing more and more of that as we get further into February and moving on into March, the red-breasteds will get in on the show as well. There'll be a lot more activity among all of the birds. Uh, chickadees are singing their Phoebe songs. My friend Anne uh, told me that she had heard chickadees recorded a Phoebe call out in the woods. So they're definitely getting into their uh, organizational hormonal stages as they get ready for uh, pair bonding and nesting coming up much later, probably April or May for them. My final note <clears throat> has to do with uh, with this warm winter. And I, I decided I'd go back and I would look at uh, other winters where we had warm temperatures. <clears throat> so I, I made a list of, of winters where, where we had uh, early spring and just by comparing like leaf out on the aspens and uh, flowering of the speckled alders, the call of the wood frogs, just uh, a few chosen signs of spring. And then looked through the list and saw what years these signs came earlier or earliest. And in the past 40 years, the following nine winters have been warmer than, than average. Uh, 1987, 1999, 2000, 2005, 2010, 2012, 2015, 2016, and oddly enough, 2020, which was a pretty snowy winter. So then I went and I looked at uh, when was the ground bare? And in 2020, for example, which was a early spring, the ground wasn't bare until the 5th of April. 
in uh, in 09, it was uh, the 23rd of March. In 2011, it was the 15th of March. And in, uh, in uh, let's see, 2015, it was the 7th of February. And uh, 2000 and, well, the year 2000, uh, there was not completely bare ground, but lots of bare ground on January 28th. Uh, for comparison, a year ago today, uh in 2023, there was uh, 14 inches of snow on the ground, and in um, in 2011, there was on the 15th of March, there was 18 inches of snow on the ground. So those are a couple of bad winters. But looking at uh, some of the events that uh, really marked up some warm winters, there were tulips up and blooming on February 15, 1987, and crocuses followed a week later on the 22nd of February. Uh, beaked hazel was in flower on the 27th of February, 1987. First robin that year was the 6th of March. First kestrel was the 7th. Uh, both of those average about the 25th of March for their average. Uh, Compton's tortoiseshell butterflies. Uh, first one I saw in 1987 was on uh, March 7th. Average is April 9th. Uh, in 2021, it was the 18th. Uh, in 3 and 4, it was early. 03 and 04, it was early. In uh, 2010, it was the 29th of March. In 2012, it was the 18th of March. So uh, some things to look for. You know, if I were... Looking for signs of early spring, I would check around south sides of buildings and houses. I would look for tulips emerging, crocuses to be up and blooming. I'll be keeping an eye on the beaked hazel. Uh, I don't expect any of the birds to be back until probably early March, but uh, if it stays warm like this, we could have a year when the robins and the kestrels and the and the woodcock and the killdeer and, oh gosh, the red-winged blackbirds, red-tailed hawks, all of those could be back early, really early in March if, uh, if the weather continues. And uh, the wood frog uh, first heard singing in 1987 on April 7th. The average is the 16th. Uh, in 2012, I heard them on March 21st. In 2010, April 5th. So, uh, oh, and in 2000 on March 30th. So wood frogs, late March, um, birds, you know, the red, ta- uh, the red tails, the red winged blackbirds, killdeers, woodcock, kestrels, robins, that crowd, uh, probably early March if things hold the way they have been. So we'll just be keeping an eye on it and we'll let you know how it builds. It can, uh, it can change in a hurry. You could get a, we could get a big snowstorm in here. We could get cold weather. All of that's possible, but not likely. We will keep an eye on things and let you know how we're doing. Oh, and uh, this time of year, a good time to be listening for the Cardinals to begin singing. There aren't a lot of Cardinals this far north, but there are some, and they have a real distinctive call that you can start to hear in February. So keep an ear open. That's the Phenology Show for this week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk again next week.
You can get more phenology, more information about nature by signing up for our Season Watch newsletter. Some texts coming in during John Latimer's report and also some news going on. Just reporting from um, Northern News Now that the historic Lutzen Lodge was, um, there was a fire last night. It's completely, oh, no. completely um, burned. Oh, no. Early Tuesday morning. No injuries to it, though. But. Uh. That's the big news there. We also heard from someone saying good luck to Section 8 skiers racing their section race today at Mount Itasca. And a big thank you to all the volunteers that have kept the ski races going this winter. Yeah, it's been a struggle. Mount Itasca is one of the few places that has some snow that they can ski on. We heard from Teresa and Doug Johnson, and they say, uh, we had a northern flicker on our suet feeder in Bemidji yesterday. In our 40 years of birding, we have never seen one in Minnesota in the winter, and it asks if I have. I have not, but I have a number of reports from around the state. There are some flickers that apparently, like the robins, will tough it out and try to stay up here through the winter. Uh, pretty dangerous, I would think, for a flicker because they are typically ground feeders. They, they Most of their diet is ants, and, of course, the ants are not uh, are not active right now. That brings up another thing that happens in February and early March, and that is the pileated woodpeckers will start chopping holes at the base of the trees. So if you have a, a tree in your yard that's getting attacked right at ground level, it's and especially if the hole tends to be three or four inches tall and about two inches wide, that's a pileated woodpecker, and they are diving in to get at the ants that are just now becoming active within the trees. So... Uh, Flickers, unusual, but not unheard of. Uh, and, of course, the pileated woodpeckers, their behavior is uh, pretty much regulated by temperatures. But these warm temperatures can warm the trunks of the trees and the ants begin to move about. And I don't know if the woodpeckers hear them or if they smell them or how they know that they're there, but they will attack the base of a tree, usually a balsam or a tamarack. Sometimes a spruce. I've seen them in birch. It doesn't seem to matter if the tree has ants. The woodpeckers are going to hear them and work their way in to get them. So you might keep an eye out for that if you're out walking around on what little snow we have left out there. If you see a bunch of chips in a hole in the tree right at ground level, it's probably the, the pileated woodpeckers looking for ants. John, I was in Brainerd yesterday on a walk with a friend, and we heard a cardinal. Ah, it was a. Fe I didn't see it, but she did, and it was a female cardinal. Mm -hmm. But was females and males both sing? So. Yeah. Same thing with the downies woodpeckers. They both sing and both drum. So lots of activities that are happening right now as they sort of gear up for spring and uh, and a new new family.